And we are on Facebook Live. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. I am with Randy Hartnell from Vital Choice Seafood. And I love Randy because I've actually been using Vital Choice forever. And I first found out about him at a conference I went to last year. Well, not forever. I guess it's been a year. <laughs> and, and, but I've known a lot about the difference between wild-caught and farmed seafood. And you're going to learn about that today as well. And then I met Randy in person. Didn't even know it was him. And uh, we were at a conference a few months ago for publishing our books. And I was like, oh, my God, you're Randy from Vital Choice. <laughs> and it's so exciting to me because I was just producing this conference, as many of you know where I actually wanted to get them to be the food at the conference because it's very difficult to find safe seafood. You guys have to know that the seafood is so altered and so damaged and so contaminated nowadays that you need to know where you're getting your food. And that's why Randy is so special and Vital Choice is so special. And we're going to talk to him about that today. So welcome, Randy Hartnell. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Monica. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So, um, so uh, what's great about um, Randy, in addition to the fact that he knows everything about the seafood and he, um, he used to be a fisherman and everything, so he knows it from the bottom up and he founded this company with his wife, which I love because it's so nice that you've got this family-based company. You know, it's, it's just what America is founded on. And, um, but he also knows about the underlying cause of disease, which is inflammation. And when you look at your diet and what you're putting into your body, that is literally directly what affects inflammation. It can either help decrease inflammation or it will cause inflammation. Those are your two choices. So you want to make choices where you are decreasing and eliminating inflammation. So we're going to talk about that. Also the biochemistry of dietary fats, and that is essential to every cell and tissue in your body. So if you don't know how to balance these fats and, and how, how that affects your health, we're going to talk about that a little today because that's a very important aspect, the omega-3 and the 6 fats. Uh, so he's going to talk about that strategy as well. So, um, and also when I met him, he was producing um, this book and publishing it. And I'm not sure if you're finished with it yet or not. Have you finished it? Not yet. <laughs> okay, me too. I'm about halfway through mine. But it's called The Seafood Prescription, How You Can Live a Healthier, Happier, and Longer Life with Nature's Perfect Food. So, and we were talking about it. It's so funny. We were standing in line together when we were at the conference, and, and uh, we were talking about it, and, and specifically about the fact that there is such a connection between eating the right kind of seafood and reducing inflammation and helping cure disease in your body. So uh, for those of you out there who can't get a diagnosis, I know that's my demographic, you're my people. If you can't get a diagnosis, but you're suffering from chronic symptoms, and maybe you're getting bullshit diagnoses, like, um, you know, no offense to people who have eczema or psoriasis. It's kind of a bullshit diagnosis. It's just a name for having itchy, flaky skin. But that's an autoimmune condition, meaning that you have inflammation in your body and your body's attacking itself. But it's really inflammation. And so we're going to talk about that. And I know Randy's actually cured that um, with this type of diet as well. So for those of you who can't get solutions to your health issues, I want you to listen and pay attention and you can, um, this is going to be recorded so you can replay it as well. And it'll also be on my YouTube channel. So Randy, tell me, I want to first talk about what is the evidence that we have that seafood is healthy? I mean, what makes it healthy? What are some of the benefits? Tell me about that. 
Well, I, I just, if I could offer a little caveat here before yes, we please. say that I am not a doctor. Right. These are complex. And, uh, you only play one on TV. Yes. Right. I don't even play one, but I have hung out with a lot of them over the last 15 years. I sort of have a thirst for uh, knowledge in this area, and I've met a lot of the uh, pioneers in this area and developed friendships and, and just learned a lot. And it's... Uh, it's just my mission to share that information with as many people as I can. Yeah. Uh, part of the reason I'm so motivated to do that is I've seen just the profound difference it's made in my own life and the lives of my family members, other people. Uh, it's interesting you bring up the issue of uh, eczema and psoriasis. And uh, in fact, they're very common in my family. I, I grew up with eczema and uh, wow. for years had a big jar of hydrocortisone cream in my medicine cabinet. And every time I'd have an eruption, you know, scaly patch or whatever, I would put that medicine on. And of course, the doctors had no explanation other than, you know, it must be genetic. Uh, here's another yes. prescription. They always say it's genetic. And uh, when I started learning about the whole idea of omega-3 and omega-6s, and uh, it essentially clean, cleared up. And that was 15 plus years ago. I've never had any eczema since, since I started doing that. And there's also psoriasis in, psoriasis in my family. And uh, for anybody that's suffering from that, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's no fun. It's debilitating and, for people. And, I, and I'm not saying that this, uh, you know, omega-3, omega-6 ratio, omega-3, you know, in fish and fish oil is a magic bullet. But I honestly believe it's maybe one of the closest things to a magic bullet that I've ever seen. Because, uh, you know, I've been kind of uh, collecting a list of uh, conditions, diseases that have been related to omega 3 fatty acids. You know, there have been over 30,000 studies. Uh, that was as of a year ago, and probably a lot more now, uh, with omega 3 fats, with seafood. Yeah. And, uh, just dozens and dozens. I'm up to over a hundred different conditions that are chronic diseases that are related, have been related in the scientific studies to a deficiency of these omega-3 uh, fatty acids or excess omega-6s or a combination of both. It sounds like that's all tied in with the thing we were talking about earlier, which is inflammation. So probably that goes hand in hand, I would imagine. Absolutely. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, and the surprising thing is that more people don't know about it. Well, you know, the reason more people don't know about it, or one reason more people don't know about it, there are several, but, you know, biochemistry is complex. It's kind yeah. of boring. Uh, <laughs> all these studies have, uh, you know, long ago, the media has tired of, uh, you know, omega-3s are good for you is not news. So they're really the only thing that makes the headlines anymore are the, the ones that, the headlines, the studies that go against mm -hmm. conventional wisdom. So yeah, omega-3s are bad for you or omega-3s don't work and few people look below the uh, beneath the headlines to see what's really going on there so so we don't really uh, and then uh, uh, also we're, we're all busy we're distracted and we don't really have time to pay attention to these studies that come out and so the bottom line is there's just a lot of information out there that really never makes it out and the biggest reason I think is there's a lot of money in sickness yeah and the status quo, as, as you know, and yeah. uh, big corporations that are driving our politics are in business to make money, not to keep us healthy. And, yeah. and we all know that. And so uh, I, I've been especially motivated by these relationships and friendships I developed with octogenarian 
yeah. biochemists who have, are just even in their in their 80s are still trying to get this message out and trying to get it integrated into public policy and it's yeah. really hard when you've got mm. the Monsantos and you know the big P, uh, the big corporations driving public policy and driving yeah. regulations and so anyway you and I are doing it up you know and a lot of us in our sort of a lot of our peers are trying to get the message out there and so thanks for the opportunity to do that today yes thank you and I appreciate that um, you know the other thing and I wanted to speak to this because you brought it up but another reason why so many people don't know about this is because the bottom line is, is they don't teach any nutrition training in the medical degree whatsoever. And I have a very good friend who's an oncologist, Ivy League trained. I have other friends that are medical doctors. And especially the ones that are more holistically inclined now are absolutely astonished at the fact that not only do they not address it, but they don't cite it as any type of a connection to illness or disease, which is absolutely mind boggling. So in this day and age, you absolutely have to take responsibility for what you're putting into your body and to become educated and learn, which is why people like Randy and I are here to help facilitate that for you. Because when you go to your doctor, they're not going to connect anything about your diet. In fact, there's a lot of misinformation out there where they tell you to stay away from, um, eggs and meat and uh, or they tell you any fish you know and they don't know about the difference between farmed and wild caught which we're going to talk about today they don't know about uh, the difference between free-range organic grass-fed pastured eggs they don't know they just don't know any better or if they know they don't really ascribe much value to it which is just yeah. so ironic given the given the sort of the modern uh, the father of modern medicine hippocrates said in 500 BC, let food be your medicine. Right? Yes, I love that quote. And food is a powerful medicine, but we don't yeah. think of food as a medicine, or it can also be a powerful poison. Yeah, that's the thing. It literally can kill you or heal you, and that's it. Those are the two options. So, um, and I have a, another friend of mine who you probably know, Dr. Jack Wolfson. Um, I did an interview with him on Facebook Live as well, and he spoke to the fact that he didn't believe any of this stuff either. And then he met his wife and she taught him a lot about it. And then one day she said something like, well, you don't have to believe it for it to be true. <laughs> and That's the thing right. Is, <laughs> One of my favorite quotes. Right? And, and so, and the thing is, it's important to remember about that is basically, um, they are not taught this. So even if they do know it, they don't know it because they were trained in it. And I think what needs to change, and I was speaking to my friend, Dr. Tatmanier about this because he said, you know, I'd really like to see them change the curriculum for medical students. And this needs to be incorporated. And because it's not, we have, you know, luckily we'll have this talk today and you'll learn more about it, but you really need to take responsibility. Um, you know, I have a program that helps teach you about that and other people do in Randy's book and, and, you know, um, vital choice, uh, actually, uh, I want to take a little sideways here and just talk about the fact that you can subscribe to Vital Choice and get it delivered to your doorstep. Can you talk a little bit about what Vital Choice provides? Sure. Well, as you alluded to earlier, I was a commercial fisherman in Alaska for over 20 years. And uh, I don't know, in the late 90s, farm salmon came on the world markets in a big way and drove our price down to the point where we couldn't pay our bills, couldn't pay our crews, couldn't really make a living anymore. So I had to find something else to do and that ultimately became uh, Vital Choice. So uh, Vital Choice is basically a solution for people who are looking for kind of seafood they want to eat, right? Yeah. It's clean, it tastes good, it's easy. Uh, so we've been doing that for about 17 years. And we have a lot of different types of salmon and halibut and cod, and basically all the types of fish that you're 
you know, people's nutrition-oriented doctors are suggesting they eat. And uh, one of the issues that we've had is we have so many products on our website that when people come there for the first time, a lot of times they're overwhelmed. They don't know the difference between one type of salmon and the other four kinds of salmon. Oh. So what we did here uh, yeah. in the last year or so is we uh, put together a subscription box program where we just select out uh, some of our most popular products. I love that. And, and we just ship them to you. There's like three options. So you can uh, check that out on our website. If you just look up at the top, uh, we call it Vital that's Box. That's so cool. And uh, so that's one easy way. The vital to Box, that. people. The Vital Box. So go that's to right. vitalchoice.com and get yourself a Vital Box. Well, let's tell them, Randy, about why your seafood is so special. And, it's, and, and talk a little about the difference between farmed and wild caught and what people have to worry about with mercury and I'm just going to let you go because that's a really important topic and so many people have no idea. And also about the fact of, you know, when you go to a restaurant, they go, well, it's sustainably farmed. So it's actually a good kind. It's different than the regular farm. That's my favorite. So, and a lot of times you'll see, you'll go to even Whole Foods, no offense to Whole Foods, but they'll be like, well, yeah, it's not wild caught, but it is sustainably farmed. And so Randy's going to explain that. Well, there are a lot of questions that people have is hugely confusing. There's a tremendous amount of bait and switch in yep. the world. There's uh, just quality is a terrible problem. And part of the reason is that it's those healthy fats, you know, that are so good for us. These are polyunsaturated fats and they're notoriously unstable. And once they're exposed to air, they don't, they oxidize pretty quickly. And when you get a piece of oxidized fish, that's what we know as rancidity or fishiness. And, and you know I travel a lot I eat a lot of restaurants so I will almost always order seafood if they have it and I would say half the time I'm served rancid fish you probably don't want to order it in restaurants because you know better well I, I <laughs> like to see what's out there that in me likes to support <laughs> yeah. uh, restaurants that are sourcing seafood. yeah and uh, uh, so just uh, here a couple weeks ago I was at a meeting and I went out with a bunch of friends and somebody decided we'll we'll go to the seafood restaurant so I thought wow this is great and so I ordered the mahi mahi and uh, everybody around me ordered steak <laughs> <laughs> paleo <laughs> and the mahi mahi was so bad I had to send it back and I'm you know I wouldn't do that if uh, yeah borderline but it was it was totally rad so people experience wow. rancid fish in a lot of places and a lot of people are turned off to fish because they just can't get good fish that's, that's well uh, and also maybe they don't know it's rancid they just think oh that's how fish that's exactly right a lot of people just think that seafood fish tastes fishy that's the way it's yeah. supposed to be. so yeah. one of the uh things that gives me the most joy is uh turning people around and what you know educating people about the fact that Good fish doesn't taste fishy. Old fish tastes fishy. Yeah. If you don't think you don't like wild salmon, I would say you just never had a good piece of wild salmon because it is absolutely delicious. And uh, and then the whole fresh versus frozen thing. Most people think that they would only want fresh, not frozen fish. The truth is that the frozen is going to. It's fresher. Well, it's you're. It's basically you're using nature's preservative, freezing, right, to lock in that flavor to stop that degradation yeah. and oxidation and so if you uh, freeze good quality fish and you store it properly then it's gonna taste that way when you thaw it out yeah um, the whole contaminant issue that you contamination issue the mercury uh pcbs bcp microplastic i mean there's just a lot of concerns fukushima is on a lot of people's minds 
We'll talk about that. What do you think? Yeah. A lot of these are driven by, because these all, you know, these are scary headlines that, you know, we see them and, and we, uh, yeah. they, they register in our minds and, uh, and then we decide we're not eating fish. All the fish in the Pacific, in the Pacific is radiated or it's all full of this contaminant or that contaminant. Because we started an online company uh, 16, 17 years ago, we have a direct line of communication with our customers. And so we get any question they have, we've heard it. And, and I want to be credible. And, and so I really dug into this stuff. And as far as the Fukushima issue, we, we started sending in fish samples like right away to a lab to have it tested for radiation. Oh, good. Different isotopes, the cesium and the uh, and whatever, the strontium and all the different isotopes that you would expect to see if there was uh, contamination. And uh, first year we sent in 16 samples of Pacific seafood and held our breath. And those samples came back very reassuring. We had no detect. I mean, to give you an example, I think the safe level of the, the metric they use is uh, becquerels per kilogram. And so when they're measuring the radiation, it's becquerels per kilogram. Drinking water can, is considered safe if it has up to 400 becquerels per kilogram of radiation in it. The threshold for detecting radiation is two becquerels per kilogram. Wow. We had, no, we had two detects that were like 2.5, 3, uh, and a couple of halibut and a tuna. But there was absolutely no detect in any of the salmon. And of course, these questions keep coming. And so every year we test more keep testing and we've never ever had another detect at all so uh, it's just not a not true that the pacific uh, seafood is irradiated from fukushima uh, but people don't generally uh, hear the good news they they hear the bad news and uh, yeah so, so I, I but it is re uh, reassuring and anybody that's interested about that particular topic can go onto our website and just type radiation into the search window and all kinds of information will come up about it but it's basically good news uh, so uh, there's uh, that, there's the farm versus wild issue and that we could have a whole afternoon talking about that and a lot of that information is on the website too. I'll touch on a couple uh, points. Um, yeah, I mean, that's really important to me that you communicate about that because um, when I've worked with clients, I've told them when they go to restaurants, they're literally not allowed to eat fish unless it's wild caught. And um, I think that's really important. Even when I've bought tuna in the store, if I buy canned tuna, for example, I may always make sure that it's, you know, a brand that is known for either lowest mercury or mercury free, uh, like American tuna or one of those, you know, I don't even know. Um, they have a few, a couple of different brands out there now. It used to be just one brand that was doing it. <laughs> and um, I think it's really important that people understand that it's not, it's a big deal. The difference between farmed and wild caught is not minor. Well, let's touch on yeah. that for a minute. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I want to say is it's not farming that's bad. It's the species and how it's raised. So uh, one of the healthiest, most sustainable foods you can get, great source of omega-3 fats is shellfish. And it's very rare that you're getting wild shellfish. That's almost always, always an aqu aquaculture product. So. So we don't want to slam all farm products or seafood. It's uh, but that's valuable salmon. information to know. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. And uh, so salmon, though, salmon is an ocean-roaming carnivore, you know. And when we take them and put them into a pen and start feeding them grain-based foods, uh, you know, it's going to affect two different things. There are two main things that are wrong with farm salmon. 
One is uh, uh, sort of on the environmental side, the damage to the, the, that it does to the local ecosystem. Yeah. You're putting, most of these farm salmon are raised out in the open water in pens, and uh, the, micro, the, uh, the environment around the pens is polluted. A lot of them are dead zones on the bottom. Uh, one particularly bad uh, place for salmon farming is in British Columbia. Uh, along the, the coast of British Columbia, inside of Vancouver Island, there's, there's this gauntlet of salmon farms up there. And what makes it so bad is that wild salmon migrate through there. So the uh, the little salmon will hatch out in the rivers, the Fraser River, the other rivers. They'll come down. They'll try to make their way out into the ocean, and they've got to go through this, like I said, this gauntlet of salmon farms. So they're exposed to disease, parasites, predation. You know, they have lights over the salmon farms and uh, you know, which attract the little fish. And uh, so it, it's, if you go to the places where they've been farming the, the longest, where they had wild salmon, they're generally not there anymore. Mm. And I, I had a conversation with a scientist in Norway who said that the people in British Columbia are absolutely insane to be putting salmon farms in a place where you have five different wild salmon species. So, so that's on the environmental side. Of course, the other one is the nutritional side. And as yeah. I said earlier, you start feeding uh, wild salmon grains in order to, uh, because it's cheaper than giving them uh, rendered fish, uh, you change the nutritional profile of the salmon. So they're still going to have some omega-3s, but they'll have a lot more of these omega-6s that we're, we're, uh, we believe that you should try to get less of. They don't have any vitamin, relatively little vitamin D compared to the wild salmon. They've got uh, a synthetic coloring as opposed to wild salmon. They get it from the natural sources in their diet. Uh, now, if you have no alternative to farm salmon, is it better than no salmon? Uh, you know, that's, that's definitely debatable. I mean, these omega-3s are so crucial. And if that was the only place you could get them, then it's probably better than nothing. But, and I, and I, the other thing I want to say is that we're speaking in generalities here. I'd say this applies to 95% of the farm salmon on market, on the market. But uh, there are people who are trying to do it better, do a better job, and address these concerns. Uh, one of the best ways to do that is to have a closed containment land-based system. But the problem with that is now you don't have nature subsidizing your pollution control and your, uh, you, know, you need to pump water up. It's just a lot more expensive to raise them that way. So yeah. while you will occasionally see land-based salmon farms that sort of make the, uh, the uh, sustainability scorecard cut, you know, they get out of the red, the red list and onto the yellow or green list, yeah. uh, it's usually more expensive. And so not very many, not very many restaurants uh, or grocery stores carry it. So the, the last thing I'll say about farm salmon before we move on is there's a huge amount of bait and switch. I mean, I just all the time in running into this where you go into a restaurant and it'll say salmon or even sometimes wild salmon. And you'll ask, you know, where's it from? And they won't know or they'll disappear into the kitchen and come out and say, oh, it's not really wild, it's farmed. And uh, I mean, I just run into this all the time. So the more people get educated, the more that they want wild salmon, the bigger incentive there is for the people selling farm salmon to convince their, their uh, clients that it's, that it's wild. 
Well, this is part of the reason why it's important to me that we're educating people in these videos and, and getting more information out there because what people don't understand is how powerful they are. And the more that you uh, go to restaurants and find out and make them ask the chef and then decline it if it's not the right kind of fish, the more they're gonna provide the right kind of fish. They basically are meeting consumer demands. So you have to understand that your voice is very powerful. And um, there is also, in addition to the nutritional aspects and environmental aspects that Randy's speaking about, there's also a toxicity issue. And um, you know, I, I, I know they talk about it with tuna, for example, but um, there's certain parts of the waters where when they are getting fish that are you know, maybe not as young and that have accumulated more toxicity. And is that something you could speak to a little bit, Randy? Do you mean with regard to farm salmon or fish in general? Fish in general, just in terms of the toxicity level and how long they've been swimming around and um, how some of these fishermen are choosing sure. further out in the Alaskan waters kind of situation. Well, uh, I would say that most fish that you can buy in grocery stores is perfectly safe. That the benefits, that these nutrients are so crucial that the benefits outweigh the risks. And if you look at the biggest, most credible uh, studies, the most long-term studies, and we can go into those in a while, uh, what they find is it's actually more dangerous to avoid seafood than it is to consume it. Now, as far as the mercury goes, yes, mercury bioaccumulates in the fish's diet, just like in our diet. And the fish that live the longest, which generally means get to be the biggest, uh, are going to bioaccumulate more uh, of every of all these contaminants. And uh, you know, every time you go up the food chain one step, it biomagnifies by a factor of roughly ten you know, bigger fish eating a little of fish. And by the right. time you get to the top of the food chain, the predators up at the, you know, the, the swordfish and the marlin and the, you know, the big fish, they, they're going to have the most contaminants. Mm -hmm. uh, so those are generally the ones you want to eat. Uh, conversely, the ones you want, you, those are the ones you don't want to eat. Right. <laughs> uh, the ones you want to choose are the ones at the other end of the spectrum. So the the small fish, the sardines, the herring, salmon only live two to four years. Uh, uh, even the halibut, the tuna, uh, a lot of uh, health coaches, doctors, whatever, will tell people to avoid tuna, which is just right. It's just crazy because yeah. there are, there are two, three, four pound tuna that are two years old when they're. And those are the ones that we uh, source, and uh, there are fish tuna that have been out there for years uh, that are eight hundred pounds, four hundred pounds, whatever. That, and yeah. the mercury levels are just radically different. Yeah, clean those. So you, know, you want to source the uh, the smaller fish if you can. The skipjack tuna generally has the lowest. We buy uh, juvenile, I should say, uh, troll cod albacore from one fisherman. And the thing that's interesting about troll cod albacore is those tend to be the young ones that they're up on the surface. The big ones are down deep. Yeah, um, and the the fishing methods is are different for those two. So the uh, the troll fishery. It's much more sustainable. It's hook and line. You can re release fish that maybe you're not supposed to be catching. Or uh, uh, whereas the big tuna are generally caught on a, a long line fishery, which is more indiscriminate. You can get more bycatch. And, uh, and there really is a connection between the price, right? It costs a lot more to, to process smaller fish than it does. Yeah. Ones. So the main, major buyers only want the big fish. They're not really paying attention to the contaminant level. And they, uh, Right. The other, the other, one last thing about that, the smaller albacore tuna, what we discovered, have dramatically higher oil levels and dramatically higher, uh, higher uh, 
omega-3 levels. We have a one product, it's a, a, we can't hardly keep it in stock because it's so popular, but it's basically the belly cut of these young tuna that has uh, like seven grams of DHA, EPA and DHA in one little wow. 100, 100 gram serving and uh, really pretty amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, I mean, the only thing that I would speak to that might be a little different is just, um, I've, it's not that I disagree that uh, if you don't have a choice, it's better to get the farmed one. But if that was a regular staple in your diet, from my experience working with patients, that is a problem. So if you're just going to eat a fish that is not its healthiest every day for years, I, you know, well, I, <laughs> if, if you're in a restaurant, that's one thing. But if it's your regular basis of eating, eh. Well, that's part of our mission is to provide yeah. people with a solution. So anybody that lives on a FedEx route or a UPS route in the yes. has access to really the very best seafood, and uh, whether it's from us or some of our competitors out there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and so you basically can get this delivered straight to your door. So if it's just a matter of going to a restaurant, we do want you to make demands because that's how the restaurants are going to change what they're offering. We do want Absolutely. you to, yeah, be strong with with how you're um, communicating when you're in a restaurant or if you go to a grocery store and they're not providing these options. I actually pitched a fit at Whole Foods and I was like, you guys need to provide the right kind of fish in your prepared foods. <laughs> the more of us the, problem is that, the person you're talking to at Whole Foods is generally a, uh, Oh no, you know, I get, no, no, I get, you go right to the top. The, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you go right to Jeff Bezos. Now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, but I've, yeah, I've spoken to whoever's in charge of ordering and I've, and it's not just at Whole Foods. I've done it at other places, not just with fish, but with canola oil being in the prepared foods or soy. My wife you know. and daughter hate going out to me sometimes because <laughs> I start grilling the, uh, yeah, <laughs> but you have to, because, yeah. yeah, you we have a restaurant to. here a while back and, uh, it, there was wild salmon and farm salmon. And so I chose the wild, which was quite a bit more expensive and, <laughs> And the, the meal came and it was not the wild sockeye salmon. It was clearly farmed salmon. And so I complained. Wait, they don't realize that you know she better. She disappeared. <laughs> you know, she never came back. I never oh. got my lunch at all. My friends all got their lunch, but I did, they didn't. Oh, my God. And then that restaurant went out of business a few weeks later, months later, a couple months later. That's yeah. funny. Anyway. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, the bottom line is we're speaking to inflammation, we're speaking to disease, we're speaking to people who can't find solutions, we're speaking to people that have annoying symptoms, chronic annoying symptoms that interfere with their quality of life and who they are as a person. We were talking about eczema and psoriasis as an example. There can be tons of things. It can be headaches. It can be digestion issues. All of these things, anything. I mean, these fats that we're going to be talking a little more about affect how your brain functions and your brain and nervous system affect how the rest of your body functions. So yeah, some of the strongest evidence for benefit is in the mental health realm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, omega-3 fats, uh, supplements, or eating uh, seafood is, is more powerful than, you know, the standard pharmaceuticals, you know, for depression in some cases. Yes. Uh, and anxiety as well. It balance mm -hmm. because it affects your heart and your heart affects your mood. A lot of people don't realize that. Um, but, uh, so I want to, um, ask you, cause we were talking a little bit about, you know, um, the difference between farmed and wild and cost and paying this and that. I mean, talk about the high cost of seafood and, and a little bit about how people can manage that. And, um, I know with vital choice, there's a lot of options as well. Right. Well, um, 
can go several ways there. The, the bottom line is if, if we're talking about omega-3, this nutrient, incredibly nutrient-dense food. Right. Uh, there's no food on the planet that is more nutrient-dense than wild salmon or sardines or you know, wild-caught seafood. It's really finding the ones that don't have the bad stuff or very much of the bad stuff. But uh, um, we, we, what was the question again? That's okay. We were talking about the I'm cost. I'm trying to go in so many different ways. Oh, the cost. That's yeah. right. Uh, so if you look at uh, nutrient density, uh, you know, and look at value, food value versus cost, there's a great article. In fact, I just posted it on my Facebook page today. It was written by Dr. Mark Hyman. And he says, oh, I love him. And basically it's, you know, cheap food is actually way more expensive in the long run. And uh, <laughs> I invite anybody to go to my Facebook uh, wall and, and check that out, or you can Google it. Uh, yeah. But anyway, um, there's a, an analogy a friend of mine uh, shared with me one time. He, he said, you know, it's called a million dollar racehorse. Mm-hmm. If you had a million dollar racehorse, what would you feed it? Would you feed it junk? garbage would you not really care what you fed it no you would go out you'd get the best vets and you'd design the very healthiest diet for that racehorse but we are all million dollar racehorses and we deserve to have the healthiest cleanest most nutrient dense food and uh and so my position is that seafood is one of those you know it's the last truly wild food on the planet humans have been eating it for more than 150,000 years most of the time we've been on this planet yeah. There's a very strong case to, uh, that it was seafood that really helped us grow. It was living along the shoreline. You know, seafood is packed with all these nutrients that you absolutely have to have if you want to grow a big brain. You have to have DHA. You have to have iodine and selenium and all these nutrients that are not in the terrestrial foods. And uh, last year, I just a little side sideline here. Last last year, I went to a conference in South South Africa, and we did a side trip to this place called Pinnacle Point. And Pinnacle Point is really a special place uh, in that they've discovered shellfish middens that dated back 165,000 years. We've only been on the planet roughly 200,000 years in our current form, and certainly they were people that were living there were probably eating them before before that. But uh, uh, anyway, so seafood has been in our diet from the, as long as we've been human, pretty much. It's a lot easier to go walk along a beach and pick up shellfish than to go, you know, track down a you know, a wild beast <laughs> or uh, whatever. So, uh, so anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I could not sound like went on that for a while, but uh, there's a, a show on, I think it's the History Channel, it's called Alone, and it's basically a survival show. They dump these people out in the middle of nowhere and offer the one who lasts the longest uh, a big prize, half a million dollar prize. And without exception the ones that do the best are the ones that figure out how to uh, extract take advantage of the marine resources catch yeah. fish eat shellfish it's really hard to track down a, an animal that is yeah. good at <laughs> avoiding people so, well but what anyway. ad, what advice would you have for those that want to but just don't like seafood or fish do you have any advice for them well, the first thing I usually say to people, like if we're out exhibiting and I'm cooking my salmon or, or salmon or whatever, as I say, if you think you don't like seafood, I, I propose that you just haven't had good seafood. <laughs> and I, I, over the years, I have actually bet people a dollar or even five dollars that they'll just try it, that they'll like it. I have never lost one bet. 
it's just, uh, you know, so my, as we talked about earlier, I think most people that think they don't like seafood, just they've got the bad stuff. And like I said, there's plenty of it out there and there's all these scary headlines. And, and also they haven't maybe realized just how incredibly vital it is for their well-being. So if you put all those things together, uh, I think and I would like to encourage people to, to try it. And, uh, you know, as far as the cost, I'm, I kind of got sidetracked there, but you can go <laughs> into pretty much any grocery store in America and find wild Alaskan salmon, pink salmon or sockeye salmon or sardines. And there is a, a difference in quality. So sometimes, you, you know, there's really great canned salmon, really great canned sardines, tuna, uh, like the stuff you'll find on, on, that we sell. And in grocery stores, too, you'll find good and bad versions of that. And uh, so that's probably the most economical way to get it. I, uh, there are, you know, there's always the supplement option, the fish oil capsules, and that's better than nothing, but you're missing all those other nutrients. You know, well, you're just getting, you know, your, your food is a package of all kinds of nutrients. And, and so I think if you could get, get it from the food, you're probably better off. Well, um, I know that you mentioned, because we wanted to give something to the viewers today, there's a link that's in the description for this video, and at the end of that video, there's a promo code good for 40% off of their omega-3 and 6 test kits. It's at vitaltest.com. So it's great because, tell, tell them a little bit about what this test kit entails and what they're going to get from that test kit. That's great. Yes, thanks for mentioning that, Monica. Uh, so in the course of uh, going to all these scientific conferences and nutrition conferences and meeting all these different people, one, one fellow in particular, Dr. William Lyons, he's I think 88 now, but he actually discovered a lot of this biochemistry about how these fats work in our cells and work in our bodies. And to this day, he's one of the most vital, passionate uh, people I know trying to get this story out there. Well, he, he, uh, approached me a few years ago and he said, Randy, you guys should really be selling a test kit so people can measure their blood and figure out where they are. What is their omega ratio? And to make a long story short, that uh, resulted in what we uh, now have called our omega-3 test kit, test omega-3 and omega-6. Basically, you stick your finger, put it on a card and send it into a lab and you will get a, a report back saying, well, you're X percent omega-3s and X percent omega-6s, and you want to be around 50-50. And uh, we are such strong believers in this. We've integrated this into our uh, company wellness program. We actually reward people for you know, maintaining a, a balance uh, because it benefits them and it benefits us. It, it's so good uh, for people. I love that. And I want to mention Dr. Land's website, if I could, just uh, for anybody that wants to kind of see what this is all about. It's uh, efaeducation.com. That's essentialfattyacideducation.org. And a little warning, he is a biochemist and a scientist, and he tries so hard to translate all this complex science into stuff we can all understand. But, uh, uh, and that's one of the problems, you know, one of the reasons it's so hard to get this information out there, because it is complex, and people's eyes glaze over when you try to explain it. But it's worth, worth it, you know, if you can just... Uh, but the, uh, so we developed the test kit. If you go to that page, vitaltest.com, and you scroll down, you'll see a video called Out of Balance. And I just highly recommend people check that out. It's about 15 minutes long, and I interview uh, five different world-famous, uh, they're not all world-famous, some of them are, but just really uh, knowledgeable uh, 
doctors, lipid scientists. One of them is Dr. Bill Sears, who's published over 40 books on uh, child and infant nutrition, maternal health. Uh, Dr. Michael Crawford, who got the brain of the year in the UK a couple of years ago, and he's been studying this for years. So check out that video, and it will explain this whole omega-3-6 ratio uh, issue. And if there's just one thing people take away from this uh, dis discussion today, it's uh, you know, it's something worth paying attention to. I just believe from the bottom of my heart. I've seen it make such a difference in people's lives. And it's not a cure-all, but it it uh, can set a you know a firm foundation for health. So it takes more than just uh, that, but that's a, a good foundational practice. Yes, it's a good start. And I'm so glad we were able to get together today and talk about this. Thank you so much for making the time to be here. Oh, my pleasure, Monica. Thanks for having me. Okay, everybody, check out the video and get the test. I'm going to check it out, too. I want to get tested. I think it sounds like fun. All right, Randy, I'll speak to you soon. And bye, everybody. Thanks, Monica. Bye-bye.